Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome new listeners to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. We're on Season 5, Episode 6, Bagpipes. And with me, all eyes and boobs, <laughs> is my co-podcaster, Jen. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. That was good. This is a good episode. Yeah, I really liked it. I laughed a lot. Just like last week, it was very unbalanced. There was one really good story and one that one throwaway story with the bagpipes. Unless you want to just call it one story, but they were clearly trying to create something for for Ted with the neighbors upstairs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoyed the whole thing. I thought it was, a, and also my only other problem was it was a very soft ending. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of laughs in this episode. This was a really. For season five, it was okay, but for the entire series, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it a lot. We have another week where we did not get a write-in. <laughs> oh, no. Everyone's still mad at us from the hiatus. Pretty much. And Jen and I didn't get a chance to watch the third episode of How I Met Your Father. We'll comment on that next week. But I do have a list that came off of... You know what? I, I'm missing where I found this. Uh it might have been Screen Rant. Someone did a top ten most hilarious moments list. And okay. I don't completely agree with it. I'm going to have to do my own. <laughs> but I don't think I can really do that till towards the end, or at least not until you know we get past season six, right. I would say. That makes sense. So I'm going to read this one for lack of other news or reporting. And we'll, we can kind of pan it or agree with it in certain spots. Number 10 is Robin screaming at Patrice. <laughs> okay. Which is always good. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know if that's a top 10 or if that would be for me, but that, I never got really bored with that. I, now that it doesn't age well, but I think it was, it's funny enough where it's not going to matter when we get there. Right. And I think they spaced it out enough that it's not necessarily like overused either. And it's not like it's a man yelling at a woman. Right. <laughs> and Patrice is nothing but wonderful, so <laughs> that's what you know, makes it even funnier. Number nine, Ted trying to spell professor. <laughs> that was a great moment. I don't know if that's top ten, but it was pretty good. Number eight, Barney yelling at Grandma Lois, defending Quinn. I don't I even remember even... that scene. We haven't gotten there yet. We're still a ways away from Quinn. Grandma Lois? that like uh, Lily's grandma? Yeah, that's like Lily's grandma, and somehow I guess they ended up on the topic of Quinn and her being a, a an exotic dancer. Yeah, I don't remember that I don't remember all. it. Which means it probably shouldn't be in this list. <laughs> right. Number seven, the re- reveal of each other's flaws in spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. That, that was great. That would be a top ten. Number six, interventions. Yes. So, yes, all the interventions <laughs> were brilliant. Number five, the wedding bride scenes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Number four, I don't remember this because I thought this episode was horrible and I'm not looking forward to rewatching it in the coming year. But Council of Barney's in Bedtime Stories. I don't That's like season remember nine. Remember that at all? I think bedtime Barney's. Bedtime stories is the one where I think they're trying to get Marvin asleep on the bus, right? With Lin Manuel. Okay, I I don't remember a Council of Barney's. Yeah, me neither. Number three, Barney finally getting a B plus with Marshall's professor. <laughs> that was I a good scene. I don't know if it's top ten. Yeah, I don't think that's top ten for me. Number two, Barney's play. Yeah, and they have number one space teens, which I know you hate. No, that's so bad. (laughs) And I think it's funny. Oh, I mean, how is let's go to the mall not in that top ten? No, yeah, 
Even Sandcastles in the Sand is funnier than Space Teens. Space Teens was trying too hard. I don't know. I thought Space Teens was funnier than Sandcastles in the Sand, but the thing surrounding Sandcastles in the Sand yeah. was so I mean, much yeah, funnier. the song itself isn't that funny, but yeah, the whole, like, there's a second video, it's James Vanderbeek, like... No, you have a good point. Space Teens was trying too hard. I think it was still funny, but it was trying too hard. And anytime you get Alan Thick, Right. Which we're getting next week. Oh, yeah. I did see him in the little screen grab of... I hate to be all, I'm Alan Thick, but I am Alan Thick, <laughs> and I have places to be. All right, let's get started on bagpipes. We started in the fall of 2009, so that's the narrator, and we start right off with the whole bagpipes metaphor of their neighbors upstairs are having a lot of sex, and they're going to use bagpipes for it, which, you know, I think it was sort of an, this is trying too hard to get a euphemism in, and then uh, they named the whole funny. episode for it. I thought it was funny. Okay. It worked for me. Like, I kind of I like when they do this when they well I guess when the narrator does this it's kind of like subs in things so like things aren't quite so dirty for the kids right and then they sometimes completely don't <laughs> right but yeah I mean but it's funny when they do so it was a little funny this. when Robin said that you know they're 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 hearing the bagpipes from upstairs it's shaking the room Ted and Robin are complaining about it and Robin does say that there's a glass of water in her bedroom that's vibrating like Jurassic Park <laughs> right. And Ted yells, you have neighbors, shut the bagpipes up. I really like that line. <laughs> yeah, it's fun when they replace the word, kind of like they do later with uh, kiss. Mm-hmm. Kiss her and the wedding bride. Right. They weren't saying kiss. I'm Barney Simpson. Who the kiss are you? <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the McLarens. Uh, the narrator's still talking about the bagpipers, and he needs to get some peace and quiet, but that didn't really work out because Barney enters... And he has, some to tell, devastating news. he has to tell Ted something. Marshall and Lily are getting a divorce. I <laughs> like Ted's immediate. No, no they're, they're not. not. <laughs> like, there's no way Barney's going to know this before I know this. So Barney retells his story. For some reason, Barney's at Lily and Marshall's. Yeah, just the three of them hanging yeah, out. Yeah, that which doesn't. Is unusual. Yeah, that really. That's, that's maybe not was, canon. That the three of them would hang out. He came over after work. I don't know. That's a little bit of a stretch to get here for yeah. this part of the story, but. Marshall puts a dish in the sink. Lily asks him to wash it, and he says, no problem. And Barney's freaked out and says, I should go. Barney looks so rattled here. <laughs> so I I have an issue with this whole premise. I have Please. lots of issues with this premise. but So the expectation is that Marshall will wash his dish after he, or whatever, dishes whenever he eats something. But yet Lily has to ask him every time. They've been together a million years. So are you annoyed with Marshall that he doesn't know to just do it if it's something he's going to commit to when she asks him? Is that what you're saying? I think it's weird that she has to ask him every time. Well, like she's, if this is the expectation, then either he says, no, I'm not going to do that, or he just does it automatically. Like, literally, you're going to ask every single time he uses any dish in this house. Jen and I have a much different dynamic. <laughs> Steve does most of the dishes, and I try to catch up now and again. Well, we used to split it between you clearing and me washing. You clearing the dishwasher and me washing the dishes. But when I work from home, I need so bad to get away from my desk (laughs) that I'll take a 10-minute break to listen to a podcast and clear the dishwasher and wash all dishes in the sink. And so I'm kind of doing 95% of the work of it now. So really, I'm doing you a favor. Yes, it is you doing me a favor. (laughs) Plus eyes and boobs. I mean, that's also its own favor. Um, but yes, also this. Do they not have a dishwasher? 
Well, I don't think he's putting them away. I think he's washing them and then putting them in the dishwasher. Mm, see, that's a different connotation to me. Like, that's just, yeah. Like, that I could see. Of like, yeah, don't leave dishes in the sink. Did she say like, to wash them or is it she rinsing said, them? At the end, she says you can just rinse it. At the end, she says you can just rinse it. But throughout this, it's wash your dish. Which, to me, is the implication is you're not just putting it in the dishwasher. You're actually, like, washing it and putting it away. Some people really scrub their dishes before putting them in the dishwasher. I, I've never really gotten that. Yeah, I guess it depends on the power of your dishwasher. I remember, like, that was kind of always, like, the expectation in my house growing up is you had to, like, kind of get all the gunk off of your dishes. But I went to my friend's house in, I think it was either middle school or high school, and I started to do that. Like, I had dinner with them and, like, was rinsing my dish, and they're like, no, just throw it in. Like, this dishwasher's awesome. <laughs> well, I get all the crumbs, and I get most of everything off, but if there's a streak of something on it, I'm not going to... If it didn't wash off under hot water, I'm not going to put the uh, the brush to it or anything. Oh, yeah. It's still ingrained in my head from <laughs> growing up. Okay. Again, all of this. Yeah, it drives me nuts, actually, when you leave stuff in the sink that has, like, stuff on it still. My mom did all that for us when I was growing up. Oh, really? <laughs> we had to take the dish, her dishes and our dishes to the sink. Mm-hmm. But then she actually would wash them and put them in the dishwasher. Ah, so you didn't but, have that conditioning growing up. <laughs> but we had one of those dishwashers that wasn't... Atta- like wasn't they like hooked up to the sink? Yeah, you had to take a hose, and mm-hmm. so we My had to move had one of it those. across the kitchen. It had rollies underneath. Yes, and then we had to. The worst part was connecting it to the mm-hmm. sink head, the faucet, because right. it never connected easily. <laughs> yeah, my grandma had one of those. That's funny. So because of that, yeah, Barney thinks that they're done, and Ted doesn't think it's a big deal. <laughs> Certainly not a big enough deal for him to be holding his hands. <laughs> yeah. But he's really holding on for dear life. It's a nice little like, reveal because you don't see that right. right away until he says it and then they pan down. Right. Very funny. Yeah, Barney's taking this very seriously. Ted tells Barney that he sees what's going on. Barney has new relationship smugness. Which, you know, Ted is really pulling a Barney here by coining this new term. Okay, yeah. They're in a honeymoon phase. It almost sounds like new relationship energy. Yeah. But way. yeah, it's new relationship energy, but oh, it's manifesting like, in a different way. Yeah, directed towards thinking you're better than everybody else. I remember when this part of How I Met Your Mother was filming, or not filming, but coming out and being released for the first time. Before this season started, everybody wondered how is. Barney got to be in a relationship and mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harrison interviews would say well Barney's so competitive he's got to be the best at everything so he's going to try and be the best at being a boyfriend mm-hmm. and they really try and lean into this in this episode right so Barney's answer is when you're this awesome you know you don't fight there's some talk about how many times they've had sex including the half count for an ottoman in an antique shop and an, another 83 from Barney oh yeah I never noticed that. Good job. Marshall enters, and Barney right away is very condescending. (laughs) Hey, Tiger, how you holding up? Marshall's very confused. (laughs) Ted explains, and Marshall doesn't get it. You know, what's the big deal? And Barney says that, you know, do you want to be doing this? Well, let's back up. Um, Barney says, remember how he was the, the best at being single, we get a unison Ted and Marshall. We get a couple of these in this. Right. Say no. And now he says he's the best at relationships, even better than him and Lily. Ooh, just the audacity. And then we get a long monologue <laughs> from Marshall talking about how, you know, he can 
rock a foot rub and all this stuff. He can rock a, he ends up with, I can rock a killer foot rub with one hand and brew a kick-ass pot, pot of chamomile in the other that would make you weep. So all the things that Marshall's describing about how great he is in relationships are all things that Barney would not value as being in a relationship. You know, That's good true. for you. I don't have to do any of those things because I'm Barney, and I can have the relationship my way. Right. So this, this speech doesn't really land, nor should it. I do like the throwback to Marshall kind of throwing shade at him. Like, I've been in a relationship since you had a ponytail, and we're playing Dave Matthews on your mama's Casio. <laughs> <laughs> that is good, yeah. I think that was supposed to be the callback that we all knew. Mm-hmm. Barney turns us around by saying, do you mind if there's a sink full of dirty dishes? Marshall says no. Barney's like, well, then that's Lily's problem, not yours. And Marshall clearly points out, well, that's just going to lead to a fight. And then Barney gets really smug. Oh, you fight? (laughs) Robin and I never fight. Ted doesn't buy it. He knows both of them. (laughs) But there's a secret to it, according to Barney. If she seems like she's about to fight with him, he just leaves the room. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then she also has a trick where if he's going to fight with her, she starts unbuttoning her shirt, and they just have sex instead. <laughs> right. So we get flashbacks of this. Barney says, you know, his method's 100% effective. You can't fight if you're not there. That's what Gandhi taught us. We get a little running thing with Gandhi <laughs> right. going on here. And that's actually a theme in the TV show Cobra Kai right now, where uh, Dan, the character Daniel's... One of his strategies is they can't hit Just you leaving. if you're not there. <laughs> well, it's sort of a dual thing where you evade blows by okay. not being where the person thinks you're going to be. But he also sort of lends that into just don't be at the fight. I mean. Right. Okay. So it's, it's used in two ways, but this is sort of reminiscent of that. You can't fight if you're not there. That is what Gandhi taught us. Hmm. All right. So Marshall's, you know. They're in a marriage, like, they talk about things <laughs> if they have problems. Yeah, they, they all think this is a stupid way of handling conflict. Marshall says, okay, call me crazy, and then we get a Ted and Barney unison crazy. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, they both say it at the same time. But him and Lily talk about things, as you said. So Barney instead posits, like, here's what you should do, and goes into this elaborate, like, fantasy sequence of if he was Lily's husband, this is how he would and handle like, this situation. I like how the the, the borders of the screen are like are right. blurry. Yeah. I'm not sure like why, why that was effective, but <laughs> it was a good like dream sequence. Mm-hmm. So Barney gets home as though he's Marshall and she jumps up to straddle, straddle hug him and they just start sloppily making out. <laughs> Which is, this is such a Barney thing when he's coming up with hypotheticals. He always has to be, like, very disrespectful to Lily and Marshall's marriage. Right. And I guess he was pantomiming this somehow because Marshall's <laughs> like, get to the point. <laughs> so she hands him, back in the fantasy, she hands him martini and asks him if he's going to wash that martini glass when he was done. So he sits down and pats on his lap for her to come and sit on his knee which she gleefully does. And then he goes to an so explanation. So Lily is not Lily in this scenario, in case you haven't picked up on that. Right. <laughs> She's sort of a Stepford wife. Yes. Yes. And he explains to her, look, just because you want this doesn't mean I need to do it. If I all of a sudden won the painting of the Sistine Chapel on our ceiling, and would it be your responsible to do that, responsibility to do that for me? So, so using that logic, you know, if you don't want a sink full of dishes, then you should be the one to clean them. 
And then Lily says, thanks him for explaining. She gets so confused. <laughs> that's because Barney points out that's because you're a woman. and They both the, start laughing. Yeah. She <laughs> doesn't even understand know why, why we're though. laughing. So Ted calls him on this, but Marshall says, hang on, Ted. Let's hear the man out. <laughs> and so Barney's not done. There's yeah. still more there's Yeah, they could have ended it there. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into, you know, he wants... He wants to shower her with love when he gets home. He doesn't want to use any energy on washing dishes. And then they go right into sort of more of a make-out <laughs> She starts, like, dancing for him, and then they start making out. Yeah, she turns around. He has her turn around, and then we cut back to the bar where he's motioning that he's feeling her ass. <laughs> and Ted's, Ted's more upset about this than Marshall is. Marshall yeah. is really thinking this through and thinking Marshall's, that Barney has a point. Marshall's really seduced by this plan. <laughs> I like <laughs> Ted's line. Because Marshall says, he's yeah. right. Ted says, no, he's not. Marshall, look at me. Do not get drawn into Barney Stinson's circus tent of funhouse mirrors and flawed logic. <laughs> this is exactly how you got the earring back in 03. <laughs> Which Barney says, that looked cool. Right, and at first I was like, was this in college? I was trying to remember like when they actually like became friends, because obviously the show didn't start till 2005, and then, yeah, Barney chimes in with, like, yeah, the earring did look cool. So I was like, oh, this actually, like, this isn't just a weird example of like, oh, you got talked into something. This is Barney did Barney. It to him. Yeah, Barney did this to you. Yeah, we've never seen Barney have this much influence on Marshall before. Yeah, because Marshall was typically kind of impervious to Barney's logic. I, I love the line, Barney Simpson's circus tent of funhouse mirrors and flawed logic. <laughs> yes. It's so great, and I, there's been times I've wanted to use it, but I can never remember it. Right. It's, it's such a it's sort of good, a complicated phrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to memorize that one. That one is good. Let me see. It's Circus Tent of Funhouse Mirrors and Flawed Logic. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> Ted's trying to talk Marshall out of this. Yeah. Marshall's decided he actually does hate doing the dishes. and Now he gets a little excited about it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> right. Robin enters. And then Ted asks her to, he's kind of hoping she'll deny that her and Barney never right. fight. But she confirms it. I guess that's true. They did have one fight. Well, first, Ted says he doesn't buy it. They are the most emotionally ill-equipped individuals in the history of relationships. Which, valid point. And Robin says that um, there was one dispute of which one of them was more awesome. They called it a tie and had sex. And then they do their first and only blind high five as a couple. <laughs> yes. And then she reveals that they're going skiing this weekend. Ted agree because she says, you know, she's really glad to be going skiing. She needs a break from all of the bagpiping at home. And Ted says he's gonna do something about it. Right. I like Barney's closing line here. <laughs> okay, we all have our assignments for the weekend. Ted, you're going to stand up to your neighbors. Marshall, you're going to stand up to Lily. And Raman, I'm going to need you in more of a, in sort of a crouched position on the bearskin rug at our ski chalet. Ready? Break. <laughs> and, and I like Robin. Robin's down for this. <laughs> right. <laughs> she thinks all this is very cute. Yeah. Apparently so. <laughs> Marshall. Barney, you know, with his crazy, well-thought-out theories that probably would work. <laughs> and Ted again is trying to convince him, like, this is a bad idea. Several times, and they end in a slap bet. <laughs> right. We cut to Marshall and Lily's. We have Marshall putting a, a plate in the sink. But Lily says, baby, can you wash your dishes? And then we get, Lily, I'm glad you brought that up. Right. And then we cut back 
<laughs> over to Ted's apartment where Marshall's knocking on the door. Asking if he can stay there, and Ted immediately slaps him. <laughs> and then welcomes him. And then. <laughs> He's going to make up the sofa. I'm surprised he just doesn't let him sleep in Robin's bed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little surprising. Seems like Robin's not there much because all these flashbacks to Barney's. Yeah, that's true. Makes it, makes it appear that they're probably sleeping at Barney's a lot. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense because they get their privacy that way. Right. So we're back at the bar, and Robin and Barney come in just the most obnoxious way possible. Yeah, they come in doing some cutesy skiing dance. In unison, like, and they proceed swishing to yeah. the booth. <laughs> Nauseatingly cutesy from here. And then call themselves the Ski Bunnies. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this scene. Um, right. So they're just, Ted, yeah, the point is that they're just being obnoxious. You know, everything was wonderful. The weekend was, you know, glorious and blah, 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 blah. Ted doesn't understand what's going on here when they become so, so nauseating. Barney says, isn't it great to finally see her fulfilled emotionally, spiritually, and sexually? <laughs> Ted knock out. on Ted. Yeah. I dated her for a year. And Barney just goes, yeah. Marshall confronts Barney about the terrible advice, and then we get the actual scene. <laughs> yep. So, from the first cutaway, you know, Marshall kind of walks over, sits down like Barney had talked about, and kind of, like, pats his leg for her to sit down, and she just kind of looks at him. She just him. gives him an irritated look. <laughs> and so he just, you know, starts going forward, but... Completely mangles. Just flubs it completely. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'll wash my dish if you get up there and just, you paint naked babies on the ceiling, you know? It's just like... <laughs> like huh? <laughs> we got a unison tatted Barney, huh? And Marshall doesn't know what happened. You know, he's a lawyer, he should have been able to, to do this, but... And points out, much like Jen, <laughs> Lily's all eyes and boobs. <laughs> How come I don't win more arguments, then? You've won every argument we've ever had, Jen. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell from our Instagram site, but Jen does have really nice green eyes. Oh, thank you. I just have, like, mud brown eyes. I still like them. Thanks, honey. <laughs> Thanks, Jojo. <laughs> Never mind. Please don't. <laughs> All right. So this didn't work. Barney calls him out, you know, what happened to I'm tired after my draining day and I want to use my leftover energy showering with you with love argument. <laughs> I should have written that down. <laughs> and Marshall, we cut back to the apartment. Marshall just blurts out, I make more money than you. <laughs> she says, excuse me? He goes, dance for me. <laughs> <laughs> just the worst way he could have possibly done this. <laughs> so I don't want to go into too much detail about this next scene, but... The narrator sort of points out that once a fight starts, all the past fights start to bubble up to the surface. Right. God, this would happen a lot with me and my ex-wife. We'd have one fight, and then like ten previous fights would come back. Oh, really? Into it. Yeah. That, you and I never have that Yeah, problem. I was going to say, I feel like every time I see this scene, I'm like, oh, we don't ever do that. Like, no. Yay for us. <laughs> no, you just take your top off. and <laughs> I'm really going to start using that. <laughs> but, so we see them physically splitting off into mm-hmm. different couple fights. And there's one, at some point he says, I'm not scared of your shining impression. I just don't need to hear it, especially at night. And then she does it. <laughs> Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. And all of the split-off marshals stop. <laughs> Please, Please don't, don't do, do that. That. <laughs> that was funny. 
Yes. And for those of you who have not seen The Shining oh. or read the book, right. it's a Stephen King novel, and then it was a movie done by... Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick. With Jack Nicholson. And, uh, oh, and you actually sent me a clip of that today. Oh, that's <laughs> right, I did. That's funny, and I never associated with this episode. <laughs> right. But it's a family of three uh, being... Um, Caretakers, Caretakers for a hotel yeah. in the off-season. For like a ski resort in the off-season, and the ski resort's very haunted. And the little boy in it has a little... Somebody inside of him that tells him the future... And at some point, this person side of him takes over and is talking to the mother in this voice. <laughs> it's creepy. Voice. Yeah, it's really creepy. Um, and I've seen, I've read the follow-up book to this, Doctor Sleep, and seen the movie. Both were pretty good. Book better than, mo- than the movie, but um, if you are at all into horror and you haven't seen The Shining, you must. If you're not into horror, you could still see The Shining and really enjoy it. Yeah, you know what? I I feel like The Shining was always built up as like, oh my god, this movie's so scary. And like, I hate scary movies, and I actually didn't think it was that scary. It's not your kind of scary. Right. Your kind of scary is supernatural stuff, is what you don't like. Right. You don't really yeah. mind... Demonic uh, stuff, and the, yeah. The, you don't mind the more realistic thriller stuff. Right. Yeah. You don't like it when someone moves unnaturally Ooh, in a scene. No, it's the worst. I hate it. I hate it What's so much. What's the worst example of that? Is that uh, The Grudge, where she's coming down the stairs and she's oh, moving yeah. all strangely? Yeah, that's really bad. And then there was that episode of Walking Dead last season where, like, the, there the people was that the, would walk on all fours yeah. and it would be like. Was, and they were hiding in the walls. Oh, it was the worst. So, yes, that freaks me out. The Shining. The Shining was a good movie, but it didn't, like, scare me. <laughs> so, so, we're back at McLaren's. Right. And Barney's really pushing hard for Marshall to try this again. Like, you, know, you won't have to worry about snacking. Yeah, Marshall was to the point where he was going to apologize. And Barney, no, what you need is a surge. Fight harder. We've seen this from him <laughs> where, I think in the duel, where Barney's giving Ted advice on how to prevent himself from being pushed out now that Lily's moving in. And... <laughs> <laughs> right. Robin's trying to encourage him to just have the conversation, and Barney's like, no, that's the worst thing you could do, which made no <laughs> sense then. This makes no sense now. <laughs> Fight harder. And all of a sudden, Barney's like inches from Marshall's face and f- sort of like, further seducing him. Right. I was going to say, talking like very seductively about you know, how snacking could be so much better if he didn't have to do dishes. And it works. Marshall says he's right. And somehow Ted equates, back again. But somehow he equates the dishes to his manhood and then screams about his manhood in the bar for a while. Yes. And he says, if I want to leave my manhood dirty in the sink, caked with ketchup and pasta, and Barney's <laughs> like, what are you eating? Good question. And then he yells, then damn it, that's my right. I'll wash my manhood when I'm good and ready and leaves. And Robin enters with a good line. Right. Where was he not sitting? <laughs> Which, valid question. She comes in and calls Barney Barnstormer. Yeah. He calls her Roro. Yeah, they're just you know, being the worst again. We get another Gandhi quote. Smile, smile don't cost you nothing, sugar. <laughs> Ted, I'm not sure you know who Gandhi is. So we get the reveal that the upstairs neighbors are actually very old, and so Ted didn't didn't want to discourage them because you know, good for them. Yeah, there were a couple <laughs> septuagenarians at, at at minimum. They might have been octogenarians, <laughs> right? 
he did have sort of a funny line of, instead of telling them, he just welcomed them to the building, had a hard candy, nodded politely at some racist comments, and then left. <laughs> right. To be clear, these they weren't they might not necessarily have been racist people, but we all know old people aren't down with the sort of <laughs> they can make some yeah make errors right. So we'll hopefully give them the benefit of the doubt they were just not using correct terminology or something. Sure. So the narrator says that over the next couple of days, Barney and Robin continue to be happier than ever, and we get a shot of them in McLaren's dancing, like slow dancing, slow dancing all, in the like, middle. Cutesy, like <laughs> why would they be doing this? <laughs> Now, to be fair, we find out that all the way up until the ski trip, they actually were not fighting. Right. So they weren't lying about any of that. Well, I mean, they they were about to fight, and they had their strategies to avoid it. Right. So they weren't dealing with any of their problems. They were just right. avoiding the fight. But that was making them happy, at Mar- least at that point. Yeah, Marshall and Lily continue to fight, and there's sort of a back and forth of, you know, he doesn't care if the dishes are done, she doesn't care if his orgasm's done. He says he's okay. He's been taking care of it. <laughs> he spent 18 years taking care of it by himself. <laughs> I do like that exchange. I went 18 years without the touch of the woman. I can do it again. You might have to. Marshall's complaining to Ted that, you know, this is going on too long. It's like he doesn't exist. On Sunday morning, <laughs> she made me pancake, Ted. Pancake and bacon strip. Or she made it for herself. <laughs> right. <laughs> And Ted rightly points out, this is your fault. You took relationship advice from Barney. And Marshall thinks, well, maybe he has it right. He's, you know. They're the best couple now. Ted's like, no, he's not buying it. He knows for a fact that Robin hates nicknames. And we get a great sequence. <laughs> um, I'll be Ted, you be Robin. Okay. Thank Rob's, thanks, Robsy Wobsy. Yeah, I don't do nicknames. Finish with the sports page, Sherbs. Seriously, stop. Hey, Robin, it's Timos. Yeah, I don't like them on you either. <laughs> And uh, Marshall thinks, well, Timos had to go, and (laughs) Ted wants to bring it back. No, Timos was awesome. I'm thinking of bringing it back. Okay. They hear more bagpiping, and then Ted realizes how he can figure out what's going on with Barney and Robin. So we cut to the bar. Uh, Barney and Robin enter, and back to being smug. They're really worried about those two. (laughs) Marshall Marshall and Lily. Right. And so Ted takes them over to the booth where this random guy is sitting there. And they want to know who the guy is. Ted says, we'll get to that. And I think this is a reference to A Few Good Men. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's a scene in A Few Good Men where the Tom Cruise character is trying to rattle the Jack Nicholson. We're back to Jack Nicholson now. Character. (laughs) Right. And... He brings in a couple guys that are crewmen from the airport where he's trying to get the the colonel, played by Nicholson, to admit that there was a plane that he made, that he raced off the record from landing. And so these guys were sort of to make Jack Nicholson think that they they could prove that a plane did in fact land. But they like ratted him out or something? Uh, now, these guys actually didn't remember or know anything, but he only brought them in there just to rattle <laughs> Nicholson. And Nicholson, you know, who are these guys? And and uh, Tom Cruise says, oh, we'll get to them. <laughs> okay. And then goes forward with his with his uh, 
examination, cross-examination or whatever. Okay. Funny. Now, the parallel's not perfect because this guy actually does know something. Right. But it's, it's introduced the exact same way, and I have to think they were stealing from a few good men. Okay. All right, so he says he knew something was wrong when those two were too happy, too shiny, too nicknamey. It's really hung up on the nickname thing. <laughs> right. And then he says, it didn't add up. You two never fight. Horse apples. <laughs> you fight all. The-. He does like a head going back and forth and it's like all <laughs> the time. But- and I had to rewind. This was so funny. <laughs> like, like, just what a random phrase to throw out. Horse apples. Like, do we ever hear that again or have we heard it before? No, and we did reference a while back. He said something similar. Where we say he likes the old-fashioned horse references. Right. I can't but remember, I can't remember what it is right now. Right. But yeah, this is just <laughs> so funny. Um, and so Robin wants to know, like, how, how does he know that? And Ted says that Phil told me. And we <laughs> get introduced to Phil, their, Barney's downstairs neighbor. Phil doesn't get many lines here. He says, no. hi, I'm Phil, 12B. Yep. And He's got to be a crew member or a writer or something. Oh, yeah, I wonder. So, yeah, Phil's heard them fighting a lot. And Barney fesses up that everything was going great. Until the ski trip. And they, they get stuck up with the ski lift... Yeah, stuck. Yeah, the ski lift stops. Oh, okay. This can happen, and it does happen quite a bit. Right. I just couldn't remember if it had actually stopped or if it was just like a really long ski lift, so they just couldn't get off of it. Or it's, like they hadn't gotten to right, the top yet. Yeah. This is the worst when the ski lift stops. Mm-hmm. Because when you're skiing, you don't feel the cold. You know, the, the adrenaline's going, so right. you don't feel anything. You do feel it a bit on the ski lift up, and if that ski lift stops, the breeze is just crushing right. you. Yep. So everything was fine until the ski trip. The, the the lift stops, and Barney's at the tail end of telling her about how he tried to help Marshall solve the fight between him and Lily. Right. Robin immediately disagrees, and then they realize they're stuck there. They can't do either of their techniques. Right. To we avoid get some inner monologues about like, what should we do? This seems away. like such a silly thing to fight about. Like it doesn't make sense. Right. But I think the point of it is that she like, could have just been like. Ooh, that was bad advice. And he's like, well, I disagree. I mean, this could have been a simple, like, dead-end conversation. Correct, but that's assuming that they're anybody other than who they are. No, no, sure. <laughs> but... It, yes, I, for I normal like, people, yes. I feel like they could have found something better to fight over. Up in the left. Right. But I wonder if it's kind of the corollary a little bit to, like, Marshall and Lily's of, like, this was just a thing that tipped off. Like, they clearly were going to fight. They had just been putting it off forever. And so just any little thing... That they couldn't avoid finally set it off. Well, there's a lot of yelling back and forth. I like it. Barney at some point says, She's shorter than him, <laughs> as a point, part of his argument. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, Barney says, You know, all of the fights that they didn't have then started coming up, and they've just been fighting nonstop. Apparently, they kept up the facade because they were sick of everyone pointing out how crappy they are relationships. And at some point, Ted says, I knew you were lying. You got to wake up pretty early to slip one to the T-Mos. Robin, stop it. And looks really angry <laughs> at him for even trying a nickname again. Right. We got to Marshall and Lily's apartment where Lily announces, Marshall, dinner's ready. Did you make any for me? No, but it's your favorite. <laughs> I really like the passive aggressiveness yeah. of Lily here. <laughs> There's a knock on the door. It's Barney and Rob, and they want help. 
Right. So they're, uh, you know, telling William Marshall all the fights they're having. We get, like, this montage of fighting scenes. And there's, like, some pretty intense music playing in the background. And personally, I'm very disappointed that Murder Train Train was not used (laughs) in this scene. (laughs) But basically, like, they... Their stuff is so bad that Marsha and Lily are just immediately like, nope, our problems are not bad. Like, I'll do my dishes. I don't care if you do the dishes. Like, let's not fight anymore. Yeah, Robin wants to know how they... Oh, then Lily and Marsha, yeah, they, they make up as you described. Robin's curious, how did you guys just do that? And Marshall said, at some point, you just have to stop trying to win. And then we get sort of a forced scene of Robin and Barney laughing about... Right. What do you mean you don't have to win? That's ridiculous. No, seriously. What? what how'd you guys do that? Right. It was very. Seemed like they were much. sort of. Seemed like they were sort of copying Jack and Karen on Will and Grace. Mm, okay. I mean, they sort of laugh at ridiculous things like this, and then, yeah. no, really, what are you really trying to say? Yeah, I can see that. All right. At any rate, so Lily points out the honeymoon period may be over, but now you get the real stuff, and that's where the good stuff lives. That's sort of a. That's copying. <laughs> we haven't really find a lot of inspirations for this writing. Goodwill Hunting, where mm. Robin Williams is explaining, this woman's not going to be. Let me let me spoil it for you. She's not going to be perfect. Right. But it's the little things that you'll learn to love, not the things that you thought were there when you thought she was perfect. That's the good stuff. Mm. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in so long. We should watch that. Sure. You know, it's a top ten of mine. Mm. I'll do it next movie night. So as Barney and Robin are leaving, they talk about how maybe they do need to get into the real stuff. And Barney says, or (laughs) there's a bench in the elevator. And she says, yeah, that's better. Which is a complete (laughs) copy off of, uh, what was the episode? It was when they were texting him. Right. The three-day rule? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Because whenever someone says, or, and then suggests something else, the other person. That's better. That's better. (laughs) Yeah, it's a nice throwback. Then they say, you know, we don't have to be the best couple in the world. It's not a competition. And then they cut to Marshall and Lily popping champagne bottles (laughs) celebrating being the best (laughs) couple in the world. (laughs) Then we get, this is where it goes downhill. I don't remember this scene. I wonder if they kind of cut this out of the syndication. I guess the cups were plastic. They're having the champagne in. Marshall says, you know, we can just throw these away. No more dairy dishes in the sink. And then... (laughs) They really need to work on this line. Lily says, you're dirty. Maybe I should leave you in the sink. (laughs) Yeah. And they show all the versions of them making up from past arguments. Right. And then we get like a pan down through the apartment building to the downstairs neighbors who have like a very fancy chandelier. That hasn't been dusted in a long time. (laughs) Right. Okay. Where do you think I ranked this? Oh, let's see. I'm going to go 20. No, not nearly that high. It's 42. Okay. So that would put it right ahead of the yips and right behind Woo, the Woo girls. Okay. So it's in good company. Yeah, definitely. My favorite joke, I'm going with horse apples. (laughs) What about you? Um, so I'm going to have two, I have like a scene and then a, a line. So like my, I think my favorite part of the episode was just how badly Marshall flubbed the, the translation mm-hmm. of Barney's recommendation and how that all played out. 
but I think my favorite line might have been, shut the bagpipes up. Oh, <laughs> I didn't like that one that much. It made me laugh. My least favorite is the you're dirty. Maybe I should put you in the sink. Do you have one? Yeah, I mean, I didn't tag one. I actually didn't have a lot of contenders this one, but I, I think I can co-sign that one. I like that cosine. <laughs> Next week, we have The Rough Patch, which is a good episode. And that's and like I said, we get Alan Thick. It's where Robin and Barney get to the point in the relationship where they're getting diminishing returns. They're, neither of them are happy. She looks horrible. He's gaining a lot of weight. You know what? I don't think they actually are. I, I think it's, it gets exaggerated. They say, like, you Well, know, that'll be fun to talk about next right. week. Right. Right. Um, yeah, and it's interesting, you know, that, yeah, they haven't been together that long, but, you know, it seems like a pretty quick downturn from, like, okay, honeymoon phase is over, okay, now we need to break up. Which, you know, maybe makes sense for people like this. It did make sense, but from the storytelling, from the storytelling perspective, it was abrupt. Mm-hmm. How, how many episodes do they go on as a couple? I think, well, we're in six now, so I guess six. Yeah, I can't remember when they got to... It was the first one, I think. Of season five, or was it the end of season four? That's when they were making out at the end of season four, I think, and then... Oh, okay, and then it took them some time to, like, define the relationship. Right. Okay. So, yeah, they really weren't together all that long. Tell people where they can write to us and find us. Uh, You can write to us at runklerecaps at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at runklerecaps, on Instagram, underscore howimetyourpodcast, underscore, and our website is runklerecaps.com. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and I'm glad I was able to get three podcasts out in a row, one week after another, and hopefully we'll keep up this pace. So goodbye. Nothing quippy today? No, I kind of did at the beginning. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 